Countrywide on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by the Irish Farmers Journal, bringing 379,000 readers the latest farming news and the best of rural Ireland weekly. On February, the first national dialogue on women in agriculture is taking place in Port Leisure County Leash. There are speakers including government ministers, leaders in agribusiness, education, international policy making and academia. Amongst their number is going to be Ashling Meehan, who will be the rapporteur on a workshop on financial and legal matters that impact women in agriculture. She joins me now from County Limerick. Good morning, Ashling. How are you? Good morning, Phil. How are you? Great. Your um, superpower for the purposes of this morning's conversation is that you are a solicitor, a farmer and a woman. So lots of women are talking to you about how the system is disadvantaging them. What's the main worry that you hear? Um, I, I suppose, Philip, like I, I, through my own work, I, I specialise in agricultural law and tax. So <clears throat> naturally, I come across a lot of different families and different scenarios that arise. But an issue that comes up, uh, you know, it's becoming time and time again. And I don't necessarily have a solution is where, you know, you might have a, a spouse, typically a woman um, that's on a farm and might have dedicated her whole life to the farm. Um, and she's no visibility in the farm, so that her name isn't on a herd number, um, you know, she's not part of any farm partnership, and in many instances her name isn't even the legal title to the farm. Now, it's not necessarily, it's, you know, I don't think, necessarily think in some cases it's intentional, um, it's just the way it's always been, and that kind of ties into <coughs> the tax code as well, the way the tax code is set up, that it kind of favours for the land to be put in, typically the husband's name, and then so there's additional cost, time, effort in transferring it over into joint. So typically it's just done. Yeah, I mean, it might um, feel like a bit of a bureaucratic hassle, but I'm sure it must be really quite psychologically undermining that you're putting in 50% of the labour, but you're not being recognised officially. Yeah, I I, 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 I agree. Um, I suppose like that's was the idea behind this conference um, is to give the, you know, the, the need to give women the recognition they deserve in Irish farms. Um, and I think there's an appetite there at a policy level. I mean, it, it goes back to, I would have been involved in the agri-taxation review back in 2014, and kind of harping on uh, about it since that's probably my involvement um, in this in this conference. You know, there you know there was a, an appetite there to examine the tax system to determine unintended barriers to female participation, um, and they are there. Um, and I suppose it's you know there's tax aspects to it, legal aspects, to it, and then there's natural, there's human aspects, you know, mm. cultural aspects to it. Um, where well, we we where have seen, haven't we? And I think that this is an interesting kind of innovation that you can use the grant system. You could potentially use the tax system to nudge people in the right direction of giving women that recognition. Absolutely, uh, you know, there's a carrot and stick approach, I suppose, and with the the, the carrot approach is well, you, you, we see it, we'll say, in terms of encouraging the younger generation into farming that, you know, once a child is coming towards 35, alarm bells go off because in order to qualify for the stamp duty exemption, the land has to be transferred over. And I suppose under uh, cap reform, um, it, you know, this cap is coming in this year. And I suppose two particularly strong initiatives, I think, have are being brought in under that. One of them being where they're looking at, uh, you know, increased incentives for female farmers. And I suppose particularly we're looking at farmers that are female farmers that are 40 years or over, might need to do some, you know, 
and qualification on it. And that was, you know, very much led by the Women in Ag, Ag Stakeholders Group, which was led at the time by Hannah Quinn Mulligan. And they did super work there. And I think, you know, if you, I suppose, practical level, what it means is that you know, by having a woman in her 40s recognised and on the herd or in a registered farm partnership, it qualifies for extra incentives from a, a grants point of view. Mm-hmm. And typically, uh, incentives that you wouldn't get if you did state. not incentives that you wouldn't get if you didn't actually officially put that over forty year old woman on the deeds. Well, it's it's well not necessarily on the deeds, but it's 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 a structure. So in terms of the structure that there's visibility there that <clears throat> it's from a farm partnership, uh, what's called a registered farm partnership. Under the registered farm partnership, typically the partner would call licensing land into the lar- into the partnership. So it doesn't necessarily mean a change of ownership land, uh, but certainly it gives them involvement. And the other thing is that it puts the the partner uh, in a you know a joint bank account so that they you know they've access to funds and um, in terms of you know, visibility there um, for, for, we call it, these silent partners that might be working and very integral to the farming business. Actually, do you think that culturally the lazy old assumptions about the son being the one to inherit the farm are changing gradually and that there's a proper conversation that involves offspring of all genders going on around the kitchen table? Yeah, I think I think it is changing. I think you know it'll take time, but I think there's there's you know some absolutely fantastic role models out there. I'm part of a, a, a women only discussion group, and um, a lot of them are far you know are dairy farmers. And some I would regard them as some of the best dairy farmers in the country. Um, and it's a lovely network that we have. Like I call them, it's like part of our tribe. Um, that you know you feel honestly open up and if you're coming across different issues be they you know on family issues or personal issues or family issues you know we have a, I suppose there's a commonality across the, the group uh, we can share and that we feel it's a safe space to share and that we're supported um, um, so I think that's, that's another initiative that's coming out of the CAP reform that's coming in that there'll be more knowledge transfer groups discussing women only discussion groups and there is debate within that the same way that there would be in terms of you know, um, for political parties, you'd have to have, you know, many women being put forward, etc. Um, but I think until we get to a stronger um, playing field, until we have, you know, more visibility, yeah. um, that I think it, it is a welcome, is a welcome uh, Ashling, thank benefit. You. Absolutely. Ashling, thank you so much. That National Dialogue on Women in Agriculture taking place in Port Leash on February the 1st. My apologies for the quality of that line. It really wasn't everything that it should have been.